0: Hi, this is Lydia Kincaid with IIM Innovation and in Motion. I'm Managing Director of our group. We have Lee Harris on as well. He's the managing member for our group. We invest in early stage companies at the seed to Series A level, focusing on agriculture, animal health, and human health. Um, our podcast explores a variety of topics related to early stage venture capital investing. And today, we are going to talk about follow-on investing. So before we get started with the conversation, let's talk about what follow-on funding is. So what that means is as an investor, once you participate in a round of financing, generally, the expectation is that that company will have to raise more money before there's an exit. They need more money to grow, to expand their team, maybe to do additional trials. So that that really is the expectation of most very early stage investors. When you participate in another round, that's called a follow-on investment. So there's several different schools of thought about what to do when it comes to making a decision regarding follow-on investing. Uh, So we are going to explore those topics with you today. Um, Lee, would you like to start us out with with a comment and with our questions
1: here? I will. And the uh, first comment or question is directed back to you, and that is, the school of thought that the first check is the best check uh, when it comes to this early stage uh, platform that uh, that we run. So I'm interested in, in your thoughts, and I know the audience you know, may have heard of the first check is the best check kind of theory. Uh, what do you think of that idea?
0: I think probably the first check is the best check in terms of a financial return. Um, That is when you have the opportunity to invest in a company at the lowest valuation. And so in theory, when that company has an exit, our multiple on that investment should be quite large. Um, The valuation should continue to increase over time, and we will have entered the company essentially at the ground level. Um, However, there's some different variables that come into play as well. Time is obviously a factor. That's how an IRR works. That's how financial return works. So if it takes a long time, then that IRR is going to be impacted. And long time to exit, um, and so when we think about a follow-on investment in companies, the risk profile typically has changed. And so what you see is some of the risks have been mitigated in the earliest from the earliest days of the company. Perhaps they have more robust data about the service or, or product or technology that they're developing. Um, perhaps market conditions have gotten better for the company. Perhaps they they have some traction, some revenue, different sort of risk factors in theory should be mitigated by the next round of capital. But the valuation is also theoretically increasing as well. Um, So from a risk profile, investing at the next stage is often a good choice um, if the company's reaching their milestones and if we still believe in the company. Lee, what do you think about the first check is the best?
1: Well, I totally agree it is the best check. That doesn't mean that uh, it's the only check, however. Uh, and what obviously we do as, as stewards of, of the capital entrusted to us is is try to make the, the most informed decisions we can uh, relative to to the, the financial viability and health of the uh, early stage companies in which we invest. Uh, there are going to be some that uh, may want to have a follow-on investment, but it just doesn't work for us. Uh, the, the, maybe the, the risk is increasing as opposed to decreasing. Uh, so we have to basically re-underwrite each company every time there's a request for follow-on funding. Uh, that makes sense. There are also some techniques uh, that will ensure the ability to make a follow-on investment. I mean, just because uh, we might want to doesn't mean that uh, we can. Uh, And so you have to protect yourself as an investor from a legal standpoint to make sure that if this is a company you want to make another investment in, you have the right to do that. And that is typically done through a pro rata follow-on right. We have those in in most of our investments, do we not?
0: Correct, correct. That's usually, if it's not already in the term sheet, when we make an investment, a very first investment in a company, that's something we strongly negotiate for, um, And I'm glad you brought this up right at the beginning of the conversation, Lee, um, more and more of the big venture capital funds are starting to go earlier and earlier stage. I mean, there's already all sorts of accelerators out there that then have follow-on opportunity funds for their cohorts of companies, um, because there's this increasing level of competition at the later stages of investment, even at Series A, certainly Series B, Series C, Series D, is very, very competitive to get into the good deals and what investors have been realizing over time um, as they're trying to figure out, well, how do we find the best companies to invest in and how do we best position ourselves to make a strong investment in those companies? Well, one solution to that is, well, if you're already an investor. So if you're already an investor in an early stage company that starts to take off like a rocket ship um, or really starts to grow substantially, when you have pro rata rights to invest, that means before the company can accept external dollars, they have to go to their existing investors first. Usually, that gives the investor the ability to protect their ownership percentage. That's if, you, if you've if you made an equity investment in the company to begin with, if it's a price round. So pro rata rights typically give an investor the ability to protect their percentage of ownership, which for us I mean, that could be very meaningful. Um, that gives you voting rights, that gives you influence on the board, that gives you increased accountability for the founder. I mean, there's all sorts of reasons that an investor would want to protect their initial ownership position. Um, it doesn't mean you have to, but it gives you the right to do that as an investor. Convertible notes get a little bit trickier because you don't own you don't own a stake in the company. Um, So what we have negotiated for if a convertible note is the first check that we've made into to make an investment into a company is pro rata rights at the level of like the dollar level of our convertible note. So that's something that certainly can be done as well or some sort of blend um, of pro rata rights. So that is is certainly very important in investors as you're thinking about supporting a company um, as they grow and being able to protect your position there.
1: There's another important factor here, and that is how much exactly uh, should one reserve, whether it's a fund that uh, we might manage or whether it's an individual investor looking at uh, their pool of capital, how much should be reserved for follow-on investments? And typically, uh, we're seeing anywhere from 40% to 60 to 65% of that uh, That. A capital pool if you will uh to be reserved for follow-on so actually more dollars uh would be available for follow-on than for the initial investment in a in a in a fund let's say it's a 20 million dollar fund and and they have a 60 60 percent uh, reserve for follow-on that's 12 million of the 20 million dollars go into potentially go into follow-on now uh, why is that necessary? Well, as you earlier mentioned, uh, the 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 value of these companies in Series A, B, C, and D uh, expands sometimes exponentially. And to protect that three percent, let's say we own three percent at the outset with the initial seed stage investment to protect that three percent, we're going to have to invest a whole lot more than we did the first time around to maintain that. That three percent. So that's why VC uh, funds reserve so much of their capital for follow-on investments. And if you're an individual investor and you're thinking I'm going to invest hundred thousand dollars in early stage companies, uh, it would probably be smart to follow suit. Uh, and you know, maybe half that, maybe fifty thousand dollars of the of the hundred, you hold back for follow-on investments in the companies in which you've already invested. So. Uh, that's just kind of a rule of thumb, if you will. Uh, Part of that is driven by the fact that at the early stage, we know that most likely at least 50%, maybe as many as as 70 to 75% of the companies will actually fail. Uh, That's just the track record that's been developed in the industry for many years. Uh, And as a result, you're not going to be making follow-on investments in that many of the companies, but when you make one, it's going to be a whopper, uh, most likely.
0: That's right, and the timing can get challenging as well because you don't know when that failure is going to happen. Um, so, I mean, we could, if you have a three-year investment allocation period for the fund, you could have some of your very first investments already raising a follow-on round before you've even completed your initial checks in the full, you know, 10 or 20 portfolio companies. So that's why Lee, as you said, we still underwrite every single company, every single time they're raising money. We don't just assume, oh, this is a, this is a good opportunity for us to invest just because they're a portfolio company. And we're still selective about the companies that we provide follow on capital to. Um, there's, there's also something, Lee, that we haven't discussed, um, and that's really signaling. Um, signaling in venture capital is what, like, it's terminology re- relaying to other investors what the current investors are believing about the company. So, signaling for a founder who has 100% of their existing investors committed to this next round of capital, that's a pretty strong signal to new investors that, wow, these people who know the most about the company, they know the ins and outs, they know. Um, the good, the bad, and the ugly, they still believe in this company and they are going to put more money in. Must be a pretty good opportunity. However, if a founder, you know, only has maybe a couple investors raise their hand or none, that's a really negative signal to the market. Well, why don't their existing investors believe in this company anymore? So beyond just the financial returns and the way that we think about underwriting and risk, that sort of you know, emotional side, if you will, and relationship side of venture investing is is very real, um, and that can come into play very often um, as companies are going out to the market to raise more capital.
1: Now, there are many things to consider you know, when looking at a follow-on, and those include, there's, the list will go on and on, but uh, how good of a steward has the company been of the capital entrusted to them? How well is the company communicated with its investors? We have uh, some companies that just do a marvelous job of communication. In one case, it's weekly. uh, Just a little weekly summary update, which is fantastic. Uh, And it is forthright and transparent. Gives us a lot of confidence that the, the founders know what they're doing. How is the team gelled and performed together? What kind of quality are we seeing with the, the people that have been hired and uh, and have been attracted to the company in the first place? How well has the board performed? We've talked many times is there a real board or not? If there's not a real board at the seed stage, uh, there sure as heck will be after Series A, that'll be forced upon a company uh, by the investors. It's better that there has have been that board has been created uh, early on. Is there customer traction, and has that been as good as as projected? How's the competition reacted? You know, how are the the company's margins shaping up, and how's the market? Uh, is it has it developed? Has it grown? Has it shrunk? Uh, with AI uh, on the horizon in a serious way, it's already part of our life, but in a real serious way, it's going to change a lot of industries and a lot of markets. That's absolutely something that. It needs to be considered, and if you've made an initial investment in a company that was exciting, and AI looks like it could be changing the landscape, how well is that company adapting to that factor? Also, how has the the exit landscape evolved? Is it still robust or with interest rates where they are or supply chain issues, whatever the case might be, is the exit landscape still uh, what we thought it was? Those are just a few of the things that need to be contemplated before you make that, that follow-on investment. Now, there are a lot of reasons that you might not want to to follow on with an investment. Have there been any signs of integrity issues or concerns about honesty, transparency, openness? I mean, that's a showstopper from, from my standpoint. Uh, I don't want to invest any more money in a company where the founder has not been open, honest, and transparent. How about bad judgment or poor decision-making on the part of the team? Uh, that's, a, that's a showstopper as well. I think lack of board director support for the round, you mentioned this uh, before, the signaling. Uh, are members of the board on, on board with the next round? Are they investing or not? And if they're not, then what does that tell us? One thing that's bothersome lately is all these bridge routes. Uh, a company raises money and supposed to be trying to get 18 to 24 months. 24 months is better these days. And if they only raised 12 months, then they're constantly in this fundraising cycle. And perhaps uh, they're getting short on cash, and so they do an extension of their seed seed round, or they they do a bridge round, and you get all of this uh, mess. Uh, I'll, I'll just call it a it's a big mess on the capitalization table, and it's it's kind of a slapdash financial band-aid approach. I think is the, the way to look at it, uh, and that you see a lot of that going on. You might say, I don't know about a, a follow on round. Maybe the the competitive situation has turned out to be worse than expected. Maybe investor reporting has been insufficient or non-existent. Uh if the investment thesis was IP based, intellectual property, and the IP situation has turned out to be much weaker than hoped, you know, maybe there's a patent rejection or an infringement claim or, or something like that, that could be another reason to to, to pull back from, from making a uh follow-on investment. So again this list goes on and on. if, if, if you really want to uh, you, as a founder, if you really want the, the follow-on investment to occur, uh, Lydia, what are some of the things that you should do as as that founder to, uh, to to try to generate the support necessary from all stakeholders to to make that follow-on round productive?
0: Sure. Well, some of my thoughts are in parallel to to what you said, Lee. I think one of the, one of the worst things that a found, founder can do is have no communication until they need money. Um, and you you mentioned that in terms of regular reporting to investors. Um, I think not only is it the right thing to do, but it helps strengthen the relationship between the founder and the investor. Um, we sure appreciate openness and transparency when it comes to those reports. We want to know how we can help. We want to know what's going well, um, and we don't really like surprises. Most investors don't, no matter what they're investing in. So I think if we have a good understanding of the company um, from day one, from our investment, then that really sets a strong foundation for support, um, even to get the company in front of the investor group. If the, if the investor group as a whole knows what's going on, they will be more apt to listen um, and probably continue to support the company. I think also... Having realistic projections is really important as well. If you're showing investors in your pitch deck um, that you're going to go from zero to 10 million in revenue in 12 months, you should really have strong evidence to support that. Because when the company is running out of money and ready to raise the next round and you've only generated 50 grand, well, that just is like so far off base. Um, that that it starts to become a credibility issue. Um, well, if this company was so far off base in such a short amount of time, um, what's going to turn things around now? I think making sure as a founder, you're hiring the right people. Lee, you mentioned that as well, not just hiring, but also retention of those key employees in the business and that you have really strong salespeople if you're selling a product, um, really smart scientists, if you're a scientific company um, that are really committed to the business as well. Um, that That's really, really key for investors to believe uh, in the sustainability and the longevity of a company as well. Um, continuing to iterate on your vision instead of just being so pigeonholed in maybe the initial vision. If there's other opportunities for the business to grow, um, other ways to generate income, revenue, um, other ways to expand the footprint and become a real platform technology, we'd like to see process or we'd like to see improvement. Uh, on how a company is actually doing that. Um, the the better approach, instead of narrowing your focus, would be to broaden your focus and maybe make a little bit of progress in some different avenues um, while still having a number one priority in your key um, focus area. So th- those are a few things I would recommend. I think um, being responsive, always being able to respond to questions that you get um, and being thorough in your responses as well. Um, Treating investors with respect, which sounds like a basic, um, but that, that sometimes can be an issue. Um, and you never know which of these investors can help open doors for you for your next like lead investor or your next customer, um, or provide a connection with somebody who could be a great member of your team. Um, so I, I would just really encourage the founders out there to to really work at cultivating relationships. With all of their investors, not just the largest ones, uh, but all of their investors, to really set your company up for success. What else would you like to add, to Ellie?
1: Just a few more. One thing for sure is that we need to see a founder that's been a student managing their burn rate. Uh, that's really, really something that's very critical in this difficult period of time where now we're in right now, where fundraising is concerned. Uh, we need to see innovation. And that our founders are looking for new ways to differentiate their product or service to propel their business forward and particularly understanding what it's all about to build a moat uh, around their product or service. uh, That's part of the differentiation process, of course. The founder understands their compensation should be tied to the success of the company. uh, And you you mentioned transparency, honesty, integrity, all that's critical. It's interesting, our portfolio, uh, for the most part we have some some terrific founders that are doing all the right things. There's There's probably a juxtaposition. We have a company that that we think is kind of the poster child for not doing things the right way. Uh, they send out weekly updates, but the weekly updates are all fluff. Uh, the founder has raised the salary of uh, that person has raised their salary significantly way above where uh, where they should be for a company at this at this stage uh their ARR which they brag about regularly uh their annual ARR is less than their monthly burn rate uh, uh yet they pound the drum that they're succeeding uh and it's it's just It's really disappointing to see this founder operate in this fashion. On the other end of the spectrum, we have several companies that do this, but one in particular I mentioned gives the the weekly update to email, uh, totally transparent, tells us what's working and what's not working. They are looking for ways to to differentiate uh, constantly, and uh, they also are showing progress. I mean, they're... Uh, in the, in the hardware business as well as a subscription uh, software kind of a of an approach, um, and they've got some real traction. So when the time comes for another round, there we will be interested. And there's another company that unfortunately is probably winding down, uh, but the founders of that company have been magnificent. They're they're true entrepreneurs uh, as the the market tanked for them it's not just their company but the market that they uh, are serving has tanked for them Uh, they have done everything they could they they did the 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 burn control they laid off er everybody but the two of them the two founders they've uh, ceased taking a salary they're doing their best to wind things up and try to sell their intellectual property and sell the company and maybe they there's a little bit of money that comes out of that at the end of the day, but I would invest in that company again. I would invest in those founders. Let me put it this way. I'd invest in those founders again because of the way they've handled themselves throughout the, this process. So for whatever that's worth, if that's a, a form of follow-on. It, I'll be at a different venture someday. I hope we get that opportunity.
0: I, I think your your perspective is Um, reflected in a lot of investors. Um, Of course, Like we want to invest in founders that we believe in, and we expect that the strongest founders will actually be serial entrepreneurs. They are probably not going to be running their business forever. That's not what we want anyway. We want an exit. So hopefully like we're working alongside them for the long haul. Uh, And this is not just a short-term investment strategy. This is really very long-term in terms of the relationships we're building, the investments that we're making and the activities that we participate in. So a lot to cover with follow on investing lee thanks for your your questions and your thoughts today and thank you everyone for listening